drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, please, where is the seer's house, the prophet's house? Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for you will eat with me today, and tomorrow I will let you go and will tell you then all that is in your heart. As for your donkeys, they were lost three days ago. Not your worry about, do not worry about them anymore, for they have been found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and on your father's house? I'm sorry, this small print. And Samuel answered and said, Am I not a Benjamite, Benjamite, the smallest of the tribes of Israel, my family the least in the family of the tribes of Benjamin? Why do you speak to me this way? And Samuel took Saul, his servant, and brought him to the hall and gave them a, a place at the head of the table, invited them. There were about 30 men. Samuel said to the cook, Bring the portion which I give you, of which I said to you, set it aside. Then the cook took up the thigh that was on it, set it before Saul, and Samuel said, Here is what was set aside. Set it before you and eat, because it has been kept for you until this time. It has been set for you, aside for you, until this time. I wanted that to resonate for just a moment. Get the, uh, get the image, if you will, in your mind. There's some donkeys that wander off. So Samuel says that they've been found three days ago. Now, we don't know for sure. I couldn't find the distance between where Saul started and where he ended up. But we know that three days ago they were found, so they've been lost for at least three days. A day's journey, a biblical day's journey, is between 20 and 25 miles. So if he traveled three days, he, he could have been, at the very least, according to what we see in the scriptures, he could have trekked across maybe 60 to 75 miles in the time that he was looking for these donkeys that had wandered off. Now, he, he thought he was just on an errand for his father. But don't you, don't you see Saul here as a diligent son seeking for what his father lost? Now, some of you have already written Saul off because you know the end of the story. You know that Saul miserably fails. But how many know that God called Saul because God is a God of faith? Now, God is a God of faith, and if God is a God of faith, uh, then God, uh, the main ingredient of faith is hope. And so God calls you and I in faith, in hope of not where we're at, but where he's going to take us. But we have a choice in the matter, do we not? Many are called, but few are chosen. There, there's a lot of folks that have, been, that have been divinely called out of God, and God has hopes for them, or they wouldn't be in the world today. But let me say, when God reaches out for you, he does so in hopes of what you will accomplish in him. Hmm. I'm going to leave that. I'm going to let Andrea, that's, that's, she's been sharing some thoughts with me, and I'm going to let her throw that out at you at life class Sunday morning. But we see here, don't get hung up on the fact that Saul failed because there's a lot of folks that failed. 
Don't, don't let that trip you up tonight. But what I want you to see is Saul, he started out and he was a, a faithful son. He was out getting his father's lost property. He was being diligent. I don't know about you, but I just said, well, Dad, go get you some more. <laughs> After a day sleeping out in the wilderness, and, and, and I need to get back to the house, and, you know, there's things waiting on me, and, you know, see you, don't want to be you. I don't want any more donkeys. You can go buy you another donkey. But no, Saul stuck with it. He stayed after it. He was going after his dad's lost property. Now he's out there thinking that, man, I'm just looking for donkeys. Where are these stupid donkeys? How do you call a donkey? Huh? Hee-haw! Hee-haw! What do, how's a, what's a donkey sound? Come on, you know, you know this better than me. <laughs> How do you call a donkey? Come here, boy. Come here, boy. This donkey's gone. Let's go, let's go ask the prophet. Let's go ask him. Let's go up. And so they go to, as he's seeking after the man just to find the, the property that was lost, they go seek the prophet on one mat, matter. And lo and behold, he didn't realize that he just stepped in to a divine providence of God he's just going through his daily routine through the mundane motions of of whatever it is that he had in front of him not even knowing that he was knocking on the door of destiny and now when he shows up he doesn't even know what Samuel looks like he's like Samuel he said he said can you tell me where the prophet is I'm you're speaking to the prophet I'm right here he said, don't worry about the donkeys. They're already found. But let me tell you, the Lord had already spoken to him that he would be there at that moment, at that time of day. And so Saul, Samuel, prepared something for Saul that day. I'm going to read something, a little something to you that I wrote. Saul engaged in an errand for his father. With singular focus, recovering the lost beast stumbled upon the prophet who was waiting his arrival. What appeared as cosmic chance was an ordained appointment. Did the Lord lead the donkeys away, or did the Lord lead Saul and his servant on a curious path of eternal purpose? Godly providence many times is cloaked to appear as happenstance. Saul was blissfully unaware of destiny's door opening to him. Samuel, on the other hand, was wholly attuned to Saul's arrival. He knew the time. He knew the place. With this knowledge, he prepared a place for him to sit and a meal for him to eat. It was kept for him until this time. The Lord knew we would be here at this exact moment in time. He has prepared, church, for you and I, a place and provision for this exact time. The prophet's voice is awakening us today. Eyes are opening to the place and the position we are to occupy. Church, we have been faithfully seeking the loss. Now we will rule the kingdom with authority. Now, as we look at this, I want you to see some things. 
Now, we understand that we're living in the last days. We've talked about Esther, and we've talked about Joseph, and we will expound upon them just a little bit more tonight. But we understand what Paul told Timothy, that in the last days there will be perilous times, difficult times. Times that, that interpreted irksome times, difficult, hard to, hard to endure. We see that through many events that take place in our land today. And folks, we see that men shall be lovers of, of themselves and lovers of money. They'll be boasters, proud, blasphemer, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but not denying the power thereof. Peter tells us in the last days there's going to be scoffers. Jude tells us in the last days there's going to be mockers. But let me tell you, the days that we're in right now, in this time that we are in right now, God has purpose to put you. You were born for this day. You're not only born for this day, but you are also, you are also equipped for this day. That's all right, Carol Ann. Excellent. <laughs> as we look to the Word of God, I want you to see, as we were looking here and as we are looking to the Word of God, I have set aside, as Samuel said, he said, I have set aside, it has been kept for you until this time. It has been kept for you until this time. Folks, I, I'm, we're living in a state in a day where we have foregone the power of God for the form. We have a form, but we're denying the power. And I'm not saying you. I'm saying as a culture. Culture is so creeped into the church that we don't want to make people nervous. We don't want to get out. We don't want to mess them up. We want to allow people to remain in the pew rebelling against the moving of the Spirit of God. And according to the Word of God, rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. I say we got to leave room for the moving of the Spirit of God. We're living in an age, in a day, where the churches are being so oppressed by the things that are going on around us that we no longer want to disrupt somebody's comfort level by allowing the person of the Holy Spirit to show up in the house. That it's more about the touchy-feely than it is about the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. And I cannot see anywhere in the Word of God or in human history where there has been a radical transformation of nations without the moving of the Holy Spirit. So what I'm saying to you is if it's written in the book, then it's meant for the church today. This is not a history book. This is a playbook. 
This is not a, 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 a just a clever, let's go back and look at where the church was and oh, wasn't that wonderful. No, it is a right now manual of how we should walk, how we should be, and how we should act. And I don't know about you, I just believe that I'm in a company of people that are just not completely satisfied with status quo. Now, we're not talking about uh, some antic behavior of some fake and foreign uh, uh, imitation of what God is. We're talking about the real God showing up in a real place uh, in a real way. We're looking for a day where God is walking and you are walking in Walmart and your shadow is healing the sick. We're looking for a day where the glory of God is so rich and real that people have to stop and pull in because they want to know what's going on. Why is there such a supernatural light illuminating from this place? I've been called crazy. I think I'm getting crazier by the minute. Because if it's in here, I believe we need to go after it. It, and as long as I, I've been in ministry, I can't see it any other way. I can't, I can't wrap my mind around the fact that I can reason somebody out of their sin. I can negotiate with them and, and, and try to coax them into a place. I'd rather just lay hands upon them and God deliver them. I'd rather them come down and be introduced to the supernatural presence of the power of God and let the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse them from all their sin and wipe away all of that filthy thoughts that are in their mind. But we see here, we see here, there was a table prepared and it has been kept for you until this time. It has been kept for you until this time. And what I see according to the Word of God, that yes, there's going to be irksome times. Yes, there's going to be difficult times. Oh my God, there's going to be scoffers in the church and out of the church. There's going to be mockers in the church and out of the church. But what I do also see is that it was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons, oh, your rebellious sons are going to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Your rebellious daughters, they're going to come into the saving knowledge of the Lord, and they're going to be the ones prophesying. They're the ones to be the ones seeing the visions. Oh, my God, we need a generation that's got a vision. We need a vision of the future. And I believe that the generation that is coming up, you're not going to trick them with the fake and the phony. It's going to have to be the real. It's going to have to be the real presence of a real powerful God reaching their real needs. But I declare to the young men and young women, you're in trouble. Because you're going to find out God's real. <laughs> because there's a people inside this building, inside your heart, there's a hunger that's growing that God is telling you by the words that I'm speaking, the Holy Spirit is declaring to you now. You feel the witness of it. You know for, for sure that God is on the move. Amen? And you old men, any old men in the house? Any old men in the house? I was asked this week as I was pulling through a drive-thru, are you at least 60 years old? Yeah. 
I said, no, I'm not. I'm still a little ways from 60. A gentleman tell me one day he was bragging on his sons and how that I reminded. Uh, he said, you must be near their age. Uh, he said, they're about 63. I thought, I'm going to go dye this stuff dark. <laughs> anyway, I don't want my vanity to show. Okay, you old men dream dreams. I told you Sunday morning I had a dream. I guess I'm in the category. Amen. My men serving, my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit on those days. They shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven and signs on earth beneath blood, fire, vapor, and smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before that coming and great awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let me tell you, we're living in these last days. But it's not a time to lay down. It's not a time to, there's time to mourn. And oh, yes, I know there's been some mourning. But let me tell you, there's time to get up and rejoice. There is a time, I believe, that we are living in the most exciting day of the church. I believe that the last day, church, is going to have those things stored up. I know the last days began when Christ ascended to the throne and we've been living in the last days, but folks, we're in the last of the last because he hadn't returned yet because we're still here. But it tells me that God has something in store. And what I discover and what you discover about God is before he shares, he prepares. Before he shares, he prepares. You notice it in creation. He created light. He created the firmament. He created uh, the, the, the atmospheres. Uh, on the first day, he created light. Uh, on the second day, he created the firmament. And on the third day, he created dry land. He prepared a place. And then uh, on the fourth day, the light bears, the sun, the moon, the, the, the stars, uh, the fowls of the, the air and the fish of the sea on the fifth day, and then the land animals on the sixth day. He did not create the, six, the, the land animals on the first day, did he? He waited till he had a place prepared for them. You take a fish out of water, what happens? That fish will not survive very long. Will not survive very long. So God created the waters first, and then he put the fish in there. You've been asking, Lord, what are you doing in my heart and in my life? And for generations, I have been longing for, Lord, what you have in store. Where is it? And the Lord would say to you, I've just been preparing because I'm getting ready to share with you what I'm doing in these last days. Now, as we look here to the Word of God, as we've talked about being born for crisis, what we have to realize is that we are also equipped for crisis. Some of you, as we've talked about in the last couple of Wednesday nights that we were together, we talked about being born for crisis. Uh, and you have been born uh, in this hour, in this day, because God has strategically positioned you here and now. Here's Saul. He was out looking for his dad's donkeys. And he stumbled into a place where God said, No, i got something else in store. You didn't just happen to wander in. Let's, let's go see if there's a prophet over here and he can tell us where the donkeys are at. Okay. Have you seen a prophet? 
Yeah, I'm the prophet. I've been waiting on you. Let me tell you, the spirit of prophecy has been waiting on you. Oh, you just thought you just stumbled into this generation, to this nation, to this city. But the Lord says, no. You have been divinely appointed for this time. I've set aside a provision and a place for you. Saul, don't sit at the back. I've got a place prepared. I've got a meal I'm going to put in front of you. Oh, let me tell you, you may be in the midst in the valley of the shadow of death, but you don't need to fear any evil because God prepares a table before the presence of the enemy. You can feast on the goodness of God. Taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Are you getting this tonight as we look here to the Word of God? I have set this aside. It is for this time and it is for this season. It is, it is kept for you until this time. Now, folks, what I want you to see here, just like in Saul's day, just like in this moment of, 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 of Saul's time, I want you to notice here that, that God prepared a place for Saul. And he's given provision. Many times that we're just going through our daily routine and not even knowing what's about to hit us. For months, when I was here, I was praying. Because on an Easter Sunday morning, we decided to have an egg hunt. So I go out there only to find out we had in our community, as we gave an invitation for people to come in, there were four or five non-English speaking families sitting out here for an hour and a half waiting on this event to start for their kids. We were pastors here about two years maybe. And at that moment the Holy Spirit broke my heart for the Hispanic community. And that is where the Hispanic ministry began at crossroads the Lord said I'm gonna make a vehicle I'm gonna open this church it's gonna be a, a key to reach this city will be the Hispanic ministry so I prayed for months I beat down bushes I went to every person I knew that spoke Spanish that was in the ministry and said do you have somebody that can come and help us do you have anybody I beat the bushes. I talked to so many different ones. I couldn't find the, the person that would come that had the right spirit, the right attitude. And then I get a call out of the blue. At least I thought it was. There was a man looking for donkeys. He called. There, I, got a man, I got a call from this beautiful spirited man named Angel. And what he was looking for was a place to hold a meeting because he was in partnership with another church and they wanted to open up ministry in, in, in Greenville. And I said, well, I got something else for you. Can we sit down? See, he was looking for donkeys, but God said, no, I got a place for you. I, I got a table spread that I believe you're going to feast from. Can you see how you just, we go out looking for the lost, and the Lord says, okay, you're about my business. My business is about the lost. I, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to prepare for you a table. I, I'm going to prepare for you a place. 
Angel and I met, uh, Andrew and I met with him and Giselle, and we sat down uh, and we offered them a position here as the Hispanic pastors to this church. Now we've had the Mexican consulate here as we are satellite campus for them. Now we have Liz who has come back to us and she's going to spearhead immigration advocacy. We've got Judy back here who has, uh, who has been so faithful with the ESL uh, uh, class uh, and has been instrumental. Why? Because God decided uh, that he, if you would go after what is interesting to him and what he is concerned with, he'll start opening doors. Uh, he'll start breaking them in uh, and he'll begin to position. Uh, I just use that as, a, as an example tonight. See, there's a place. What he didn't know when he called is I had been crying out to God, Lord, open the door and bring me the person. Open the door and bring me the person. So he called looking for donkeys. Before we came to this church, Andrew and I were crying out, and my prayer to the Lord was simply this. Lord, I wanna, I'm crying to you for a place that is crying out for us. Lord, I'm crying out to you for a place that is crying out to us. See, the Lord puts, those, puts us together. But see, we, through divine providence, have come together into the kingdom of God because the Lord has prepared a place for you now. Now, I want you to notice something here. As God begins to pour out. Before he positions, before he brings the provision, he positions first. We see in the life of Esther, she grew up as an orphan and was raised by her uncle. And because of the favor and the beauty upon her, which I believe that there was a lot of beautiful women that stood before the king, but I believe it was that divine favor that really put us, made her a standout. Just like I believe that the, the glorious favor of God resting upon the church in these last days uh, is going to cause uh, the world to look in awe and just say, oh man, oh man, that is a beautiful, beautiful bride. Because we walk in bridal identity. But she didn't just step up into that place. She was divinely positioned at the time of her life. And then she provided deliverance for all of the nation of Israel. Joseph, as we've talked about, before God provided that vision, he first positioned him in that place. Some of you are thinking, wheels are turning. What am I saying to you? What I'm saying to you is this. God positions us, and then he begins to provide in the magnitude in which he desires. Now, the Bible tells us that we are basically the law before faith came, we were kept under the guard by the law. But after faith was revealed, 
we step into Christ because the law was our tutor to lead us to Christ. In other words, we can't do it. We can't accomplish it. And so we, we have this yearning desire to, to be and to do what we're supposed to, but we can't get there in our own strength. And so faith brings us, or, or, or the law brings us to the point where we understand it's Christ and Christ alone. Now, even sons are no different than slaves until they come to maturity. How will a child of God come to maturity? It's when they stop depending upon themselves and they depend entirely upon the completed work of Christ. In other words, our righteousness is not dependent upon our external works. Our works are a result of an internal transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit. But the point I'm making is this. God is positioning the church right now because he is preparing to put provision forth in the church right now as he positions us in Christ. Well, I am a child of God. But how much do you depend upon you instead of upon him? How much am I relying upon myself when I pray for the sick? How much am I depending upon my spiritual calisthenics before I go to the altar of prayer? Before I minister the word, before I step into the area of ministry, oh, I can't do that, Lord God. I'm I just not well enough. I'm just not good enough. I just can't be enough. You will never be enough. You'll never be adequate. What you have to do is step into the power of God and say, Lord, I'm going to go to a different source. I've been sourcing this thing too long. I think, Lord God, I just need to be sourced by the Holy Spirit. I believe that it is by faith and faith alone. But see, before the law exists before faith came. Now my faith is in Christ Jesus. My faith is in him, and that is the positioning that God is bringing the church right now, bringing us into the fullness because he has something in store for us. Now, as we look here to the word of the Lord, what we understand is God prepares when he gets ready to share and that God positions before he brings the provision. Let me tell you what's going on in the world today. It is a witness to what God is going to do through the church. It's a witness. Andrea suffered in her knee for about a year. The Lord revealed to her as she was dealing with it, you didn't even know it. But she looked at that knee and said, knee, you're going to line up. And the Lord showed her that knee pain that was keeping her immobile was a witness against what God was doing. And so the devil got tired of her praising the Lord over every time she felt a pain. That body was healed, and her knee is whole. And she walks, and she does what she wants to. She's mobile. But see, if we'll just take what the enemy is throwing at us and put it back on him, let me tell you, 
If the devil can do this much in the world, don't you think God can do so much more? Don't we believe that if COVID can touch every home in the world, that the spirit of the living God can touch every home in the world? I'm, I'm concerned that I fall into the trap of the church when Peter came out of the prison. And he's knocking at the door. Let me in. Let me in. Let me in. They've been praying for him. Oh, God, deliver him. Oh, God, set him free, Lord. Let the, let the doors open. And they opened. And now he's standing at the door knocking. And the, there's a witness that comes and said, Peter's at the door. No, it's a spirit. No, it's just it's an angel that looks like him. It's not really him. We've only been praying here all day and night. It's not him. It's his spirit. What would happen if we just believe what we preach? We, we pray like we believe, uh, and we walk out of this house uh, and just say, I'm just, I don't know, I can't source it, uh, I can't be good enough to get it, uh, I'm just not worthy, uh, uh, only through the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, I tell you what, uh, Lord, you see the need. If you want to use me, then Lord God, use me to meet that need. And if I did that, and you did that, and everybody around us did that. I promise you, there's not, enough, there's not enough room in this building to hold the people even on a Wednesday night. See, because divine providence, which is the care of Almighty God, still requires participation. Still requires participation. We've, we've got we've to actively engage ourselves in the work of God, in the things of God. Grace is all of God and all of me. All of God and all of me. The grace of God is all of God and all of me. He has chosen this method, not me. He has decided I'm going to pour my spirit out through the church. I'm going to pour my spirit throughout, uh, through the, the vessels that are willing. We're looking for the overflow of the Holy Spirit because there's a generation in such need. And there's going to be people that scoff at you. There's going to be people that mock you. But I found out, I believe what Watchman Nee said, though I've never seen one in the wild, I have seen them in cages. A lion need not defend themselves. You understand that statement? A lion not a lion spirit, a lion. You know, the greenville lion. You don't have to tell a lion he's a lion. He knows it. He don't have to defend himself. Look at me. I'm a lion. Please fear me. Roar. Everybody's not, they're not doing what they're supposed to do. <laughs> Devil just won't leave me alone. Let me tell you, it's time to stand up. Come on, come on. I'm not talking about bullying people around you. Don't be a bully. Don't be a bully. Don't, don't get up in people's face and tell them what they need to do and what they don't need to do and just get all 
Just walk in your authority. Just be what you're called to be. Not a kitten. Not a kitty cat. You're a lion. Because the lion's in here. First John was written, and he, uh, you look at the entire, and I am closing. You look at the book of John, First John, and what you will see is that he is writing against the spirit of Antichrist. And he makes a statement in there. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now what was he speaking directly to? He was speaking directly to the Antichrist spirit. That the lion that lives inside of you, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the true king of kings and lord of lords, is greater than any spirit that is opposing him. The spirit that is the anti, my God, the anti-anointed. I don't want to live in an anti-anointed ministry or church. I want to live where the Holy Spirit is flowing and the gifts are in operation. I want to live where Christ is welcomed by the person of the Holy Spirit and he is here. He's anti-relationship. If you don't have the Spirit of God moving inside the hearts of people, relationships are going to crumble. He denies the inheritance of the sonship because he denies Jesus Christ. I tell you, greater is he that is in you. The Antichrist that is rampant in our world today. So let's walk like we believe it. Let's talk like we're not trying to defend God, but we are walking just bearing evidence. Just Walking, knowing it's all right. You walk in that workplace, you walk in that house, you walk into that situation, you do so with a calm and a peace because you're not sourcing this thing. It's, it's not, if you're sourcing it, it's not going to last. Even the, the, the wisdom of the world told us that in the book of Acts. Was it Gaius that he came to him and said, look, there's some old Yahoo rose up and he, he failed and everybody scattered. Another one rose up and he failed and everybody scattered. And he said, but these folks here, you better make sure you're not working against God. <laughs> because if it's God, it'll last. If it's not, it's going to scatter. <laughs> Let me tell you, this thing's going to last. <laughs> it's going to last for eternity. Amen? <laughs> I told you I was going to close and I almost am. It has been set aside. It has been kept. Oh, I just love that. It has been kept for you until this time. The promises of God have been kept for you until this time. I'm not talking about tomorrow, the next day, a generation down the road. I'm talking about now. Promise of peace, promise of joy, promise of hope, 
there's enemies all around and God has prepared a table in the presence of your enemies taste and see that the Lord is good you are the promised child and you have been invited to the banquet could you stand father we come before you tonight Father, there are many that have journeyed mile after mile after mile after mile in search for what belongs to you. Searching after the lost in this world. Father, I pray that the voice of prophecy would begin to awaken your church to what has been kept for them for this time. Lord, heaven is not bankrupt. The world has depicted you as a greedy, stingy, petulant, angry God. But Father, we see you as a generous Father. more than willing to pour upon us abundance healing and rest father i pray tonight that you would awaken in us awaken in us that faith that positions us with you awaken in us faith that raises us up with you. Oh, brositeremo krandaramamamande. Birisiteremo sobrandarabake. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Father, it's been kept for this time. It's been kept for this time. The Spirit of the Lord pour out. Would you do something for me tonight? Would you just lift your hands all across this room? Just lift your hands across this room. Pray this prayer with me. Father, put a hunger in my heart. Put a ravenous hunger in my heart. For all that you want to do in me, all that you want to do through me Lord I want you now in your own way just thank him tonight thank you Lord hallelujah 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 begin to pray in the spirit right now Father, revelation without application brings stagnation. But Lord, revelation with application brings transformation, Lord. Father, let the transforming work of the kingdom of God begin to 
flow in this house. Lord, we, we pray, Lord God, that, Lord, we would be people, Lord God, Lord, that are not only sensitive, Lord God, but are willing, Lord, to jump in the midst of the current of the river and flow. Father, Lord God, to live according to your will, according to your purpose, Lord God. Father, we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord God, for a nation that is lost, Lord God, for, a, for cities and schools and homes, God, that are in dis, di, despair, Lord God, that do not bear your image. Father, we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that right now that you will begin to move. Father, I pray that the river would flow in this house like never before, flow in our hearts like never before. Lord, let it be tangible, undeniable. Lord God, let the infallible Word of God begin to move, Father, to awaken people, Lord God, to bring healing to nations, Lord God. That, Lord God, the very sea of people, Lord God, that we see around us, Lord. Father, we pray, Almighty God, that we would not lose more souls to hell, but, my God, that we, Lord God, would pack out heaven, Lord, in empty hell tonight. Father, we ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, there is a generation, Lord God, that is desperate in need of a move of your Spirit, O oh God. Lord, we don't want to sit in rebellion, Lord God, resisting the moving of your spirit, Lord God. Father, we ask in your name, Lord God, that you would move. Lord, raise up labors, Lord God, that'll walk in the spirit, Lord God. Raise up a generation, Lord God, that has more confidence in you than they will ever have in themselves, Lord God. And they will see themselves through your eyes, oh Lord God, and understand who they are, Lord God. Father, we love you and we thank you, Lord God. We refuse to release our children, our grandchildren, our great-great-grandchildren. Hell, you cannot have them. In the name of Jesus, we call them in by the power of the blood and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, you will bring them in. Angels, you will camp round about them and protect them. Those, the calling, the calling they have on their life to prophesy and to have visions, we call it forth in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Oh, mighty God, let them never, Lord God, let there be a divine dissatisfaction, Lord God, that they will never settle, Lord God, for less than what you have in store for them, Lord. Oh, merciful God, I pray that even this very night, changes will begin to take place. Changes will begin to take place. That people, Lord God, will adjust their careers. Lord God, they'll begin to move in different directions, Lord God. They'll begin, Lord God, to go after all that you have in store. Father, we ask it in your name, for Lord God, it is the time. And Lord, we have stepped into the last days. And we thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes. 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 Begin to call it out, Dennis. Begin to call it out. Begin to cry out right now. Father, infuse hope, Lord God. 
We infuse hope, God, in the heart of the believer. Lord God, we infuse hope, Lord God. Lord, for that, for that one, Father God, that seems so far gone, that, Lord God, there is, Lord, there is a renewed energy in this house. And, Lord, we release, Father, faith in this place. That, Lord God, that, that Lord, the, the unreachable, Lord, will be reached. The, Lord, unteachable, Lord God, will be taught. The untamable, Lord God, will be tamed. Lord God, that rebellious one, you're, you're not going to walk off into hell. Not without a, a standing a, a, a resistance against that. You will come in. In the name of Jesus, you will come in. Oh, God, I pray there's a surrender in hearts and in homes and relationships that's sought, that could never be restored, be restored, that bodies that could not be healed will be healed, that minds that could not be released will be released in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for it tonight. And Lord, we pray right now, infuse hope in the hearts of your children, Lord God. Oh, Lord, to generate a new excitement. Uh, you're coming out of the grave. Uh, you're coming out of the grave. Uh, you're not going to be consumed by the grave. Uh, oh, the dust is being shook off. Uh, the sinew and the flesh is coming. Uh, the breath of God is breathing. Uh, you will rise up again as a great and exceeding and mighty army. You will rise up again as a great and exceeding and mighty army. And you will step into the land of promise. Uh, you will drive out the enemy before you. Uh, Father, Thank you for grace and goodness, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Now thank you. Now thank you. Father, we thank you, Lord, tonight. Oh, into your gates with thanksgiving, into your courts with praise. There is a spirit of gratitude that's being released tonight, Lord God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise tonight. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. George is having surgery this Friday. We need to lift him. Put up. George. Jorge. Raise your hand. Come on down. Praise God. Belinda, come. We're going to pray with you. Would she like to come down? One. Praise God.
Father, thank you, Lord God, for your, Lord, your healing touch, power of your spirit. Thank you, Lord God, for your mercy and grace. Thank you, Lord. Father, we pray no more swelling around Lee's heart. No more fluid to build up around Lee's heart. But Lord, a complete and total healing in Jesus' name. As they continue here tonight, our missionary that we're, we're praying over and praying for tonight is Aaron and Annette Cope. They serve in France. Andrew and I had the privilege of sitting with them, having supper with them a few weeks ago. They're doing a tremendous job working with the Muslims in France, to seeing many souls come into the kingdom of God. And so we're going to be praying as we know that uh, there is darkness in Europe, but I want us to pray right now that, that God would bless Aaron and his family. Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for their, for their calling, for their ministry, for their Lord. For, Lord God, I pray that there would be a fresh and a new anointing resting upon them. And I pray, Father, as they, as they minister the good news, Lord God, to those that are walking in darkness, Lord, let that great light, God, illuminate their heart as they begin to understand who they are in you. And, Lord, I pray right now, Lord God, this, Lord, that you will bless those, Lord, as we give. Lord, let this go to the furtherance of the kingdom, Lord God, and souls be brought in. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The gentleman at the back to receive tonight, God bless you. God bless you tonight. We appreciate you. See you Saturday morning, 714 prayer. See you back, full services Sunday. God bless. God bless.